The Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, Episode 39. In the last episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we learned about the remarkable life of Maddie Norman Ellis in the book A Widow's Might, published in 1999. Maddie Ellis was born in 1900, and at the age of 33, her husband died, leaving her with very little money six young children in the middle of the Great Depression. However, this mighty widow managed to keep her family together, and in 1965, she visited Hawaii and experienced Polynesian paralysis. Today, we head out to sea on an adventure with John F. McGrady, as told in his book, Sailing the Dream, an autobiographical odyssey, The Carentia Chronicles, published in 1999. Not just a sea story, Sailing the Dream is a metaphysical pilgrimage as well, encouraging the reader to join in and take a second look at the values that steer their own lives. John Frederick McGrady was born in Frankfurt, Germany on September 29, 1948. John's father was in the Air Force, and the family moved often. So John grew up in Europe, Nevada, Massachusetts, Charleston, South Carolina, Austin, Texas, Goose Bay, Labrador, Newfoundland, Canada, before finding a home in Washington State. John graduated as valedictorian of Goose Bay, Labrador High School in 1966. He was captain of the basketball team and active in all aspects of the local Catholic Church. He was very creative and always interested in sailing and ocean life throughout his childhood. He attended the University of Washington and graduated with a degree in zoology before attending dental school. He opened a dental practice and served the community of Burton on Vashon Island near Seattle, Washington for many years. While living in Burton, he pursued his love of scuba diving, hiking on Mount Rainier, and boating on the Puget Sound. Influenced by his mother, who was an accomplished pianist and music teacher, John developed a love of all types of music. He played the guitar, harmonica, piano, and other instruments. He also composed and played music with a band formed with close friends in college. While playing music and fixing teeth, John got married and had a daughter. He had a good life, but he was searching for something more. And John did not just fix teeth. He was a great dentist and got to do lots of specialty work such as dental surgery, periodontics, orthodontics, and endodontics. He was very good at these skills and had many satisfied patients. In his spare time, John developed an interest in computers and started his own software company, but even that did not quench his desire for adventure. His book, Selling the Dream, describes John's new adventure, sailing the South Pacific on a 34-foot sailboat with his partner, Davy. John begins the book with the hope that the reader will get back to living in a world of mystery and surprise rather than eternal boredom. He also states that each of us is truly sailing across the universe. There is nowhere else to be. On page six, as John is struggling with his decision to sail away from his life as a dentist after working so hard for so many years to build up his dental practice, He remembers a quote from Alan Watts, who said, It's better to be secure with your insecurities 
than insecure with your securities. Let me say that again. It's better to be secure with your insecurities than insecure with your securities. In February 1982, John and Davy set off on their grand adventure in the 34-foot sailboat Carentia. First stop is Seattle to install and test equipment needed for offshore sailing, such as a self-steering wind vane, satellite navigation, solar panels, and a life raft. On page 11, John mentions that they came down with a case of marina-itis, which is a syndrome where sailors wander around the marina watching dollar bills go out with each tide, beset by indecision over what exactly is they're looking for, which keeps them from moving on. Fortunately, by early April, they're ready to go, and they set sail for the San Juan Islands on the border of the United States and Canada, where they would wait until summer to begin their voyage down the western coast of North America. The next two chapters describe them sailing down to San Francisco and then on to San Diego and then further south to Guadalupe Island off the coast of Baja, California. Then they would turn southwest, out towards the open Pacific, and head towards the Marquesas Islands in French Polynesia. If you've ever sailed on a boat offshore, or just wonder what life is like on a small boat in a large ocean, then these pages contain a wealth of information about both the challenges and rewards of life at sea. On page 150, John includes another quote to ponder. It says, What is behind us and what is before us are small matters compared to what is within us. Chapter 7 begins on page 181 and describes Bora Bora, where John and his crew stayed for about five months and first encountered Polynesian paralysis. He describes Bora Bora as a tropical paradise where the water was crystal clear and the same temperature as the air. Life became an inward experience, quiet and subtle, as compared to the overwhelmingly material and outward focus of daily life in a metropolis. One day, while in Bora Bora, John became afflicted with Polynesian paralysis. As the sailboat slowly turned on its anchorage in the bay in the gentle breeze, John alternated between lying below deck and in the cockpit, contemplating everything and nothing. By the time noon had rolled around, he was wise enough to recognize the wisdom of abandoning all ideas of doing anything of real value for the rest of the day. So instead, he rode the dinghy to the yacht club for a cool beer. On page 221, John mentions that a few months later, he got another case of Polynesian paralysis and found himself not able to move or focus on anything in particular. He recalls growing up and hearing about the dog days of summer, usually the hot days of August in the Northern Hemisphere, when you can hardly move. In an effort to recover, John wrote the following prose. The tropics, the craziness, the laziness, the sexiness, the mad longing delivered into fullness of fulfillment, waxing out your dreams beneath the old volcano and wondering how long you can stand the heavy feeling called paradise. On page 247, chapter 8, it's titled The Private Sea. The chapter describes the preparations underway before John and his crew begin the 2,500-mile sail to Hawaii, which would take about six weeks. 
There is another great quote at the start of this chapter. It says, Let go of everything you're holding on to. Now, let go of everything else. On page 271, John describes his feelings out on the ocean, sailing along with the wind and the waves. In such moments of loneliness, riding in what seems like a private sea, he felt a state of grace, an incredible feeling of everything being right, everything being bright and beautiful, all existence bathing in a divine love. It was so strong and so powerful a sensation that it totally consumed him, while at the same time filling him with an incredible energy. On the next page he writes, Never in my life have I had a greater fulfillment of self than at sea. Chapter 8 is about Hawaii. Arriving in Hilo on the Big Island, John and his crew enjoyed the benefits of the island paradise after several weeks at sea. They even rented a car to explore the other parts of the Big Island. After a few days of rest, they were off again to Honolulu, about 200 miles to the northwest. Passing between the uninhabited island of Ko'olawe and Maui, they almost ran aground near the small crater of Molokini. But they avoided the coral reefs and they continued safely on their way. Not finding a safe anchorage at either western Maui or Molokai, they continued overnight towards Honolulu. The following morning, after 52 hours of nonstop sailing, they arrived safely in Honolulu. Since leaving San Diego, they had sailed more than 5,000 miles across the Pacific and back. The final chapter is titled, Letting Go, which in some ways is what the entire book is about. It describes additional sailing adventures to explore the Hawaiian islands, but it is clear that John has found a home in Hawaii and would not return to the mainland. On page 347, John writes, Sailing our dream has given us the opportunity to cut off our fears and expectations and just experience life. Crossing oceans reminds us that all we need to do is simplify. Simplify the outward circumstances of our life. Simplify our needs and ambitions. Delight in the simple pleasures which the world of nature affords us. John has sailed the dream, experienced Polynesian paralysis, and looked upon the world anew. On page 352, at the end of the book, John writes, Each and every one of us is truly sailing the dream in a journey called life. Our actions follow our thoughts, and our thoughts are like the weather. They come and they go. They can be sunny and happy, or they can be stormy and worrisome. In the end, what we do with our glorious once-in-a-lifetime opportunity boils down to our free will and choice. Near the very end of this chapter on letting go, John includes one more appropriate quote, this time from Van Morrison, which states, Let go into the mystery. Let yourself go. That song by Van Morrison, released in 1987, goes on to say, You've got to open up your heart. You've got to have faith to carry on. You've got to dance and sing and be alive in the mystery and be joyous and give thanks, and let yourself go. The book by John McGrady, Selling the Dream, is all about letting go, taking risk in a small boat on a very large ocean, finding yourself, looking at the world anew. Fortunately, 
You don't have to sail across the Pacific in a small boat to accomplish any of this or experience Polynesian paralysis. All you have to do is be still, relax, appreciate nature, and enjoy life. Polynesian paralysis can be experienced by anyone, anywhere, and anytime. It is totally free and natural. Polynesian paralysis can even happen spontaneously when you focus on the wonders of life in the moment. Let the regrets of yesterday and the worries about tomorrow disappear in the mystery and wonders of life in the present. For more information about Polynesian paralysis, visit our website at rxaloha.com. In the next episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we'll examine the book, A Little Book of Aloha, published in 2001. Until then, please take a few minutes each day to be still, relax, appreciate nature, and enjoy life. Enjoy Polynesian Paralysis, the sensible approach to mindfulness. Mindfulness.